Welcome to Blue Collar Love, the Starflyer 59 slash Jason Martin extravaganza. My name is Samuel. Oh, you forgot your lyric. Oh, what's <laughs> the point of living if you can't make a good living? And I'm Aaron. <laughs> when I called you enemies just for the things that I could not buy. I never had a working life. <laughs> yes, girls and boys, it's the one you've all been waiting for. What album are we doing today, Sammy? We are doing Talking Voice versus Singing Voice from 2005. And this is what I call the end of Starflyer's experimental trilogy, um, comprised of old Portuguese blues and Talking Voice versus Singing Voice. All three albums had different members playing on each album. And all three had vastly different styles, at least by Starfighter. Oh, by any standard. <laughs> so this is definitely the kind of experimental phase of Jason Martin's Starflyer project. Um, and speaking of members changing on every album. So for this one, we have Franklin's as the only actual member returning. Um, the only other person um, credited on this project, other than the string players and the horn player, is Dirk Lemons for bass, and he was part of Project Eighty Six. And he's not even like an official mem- band of the member member of the band. He's just simply filling in on this album. So, yes, um, member wise, it's a very sparse album. I think we always talk about how other members have their input and have an influence. This is a very uh, Frank Lenz. Um, album, I think he was very yes. had a lot of input on this. I do believe. Yeah, I agree. So I guess we we'll start with uh, talking about our history and then maybe like the album cover, like we normally do. So this album, possibly, I can't remember if I've said this before. It's possibly the first review of a Starflyer Fifty Nine album I remember reading. Um, so when I was like okay. eight, sixteen, eighteen. I started getting really into reading music reviews. I still love to do it. It's a weird pastime of mine. And I am almost positive that this one popped up on Jesus Freak Hideout for whatever reason. And I just was like, oh, cool. That's that's a band I've never heard of. And I never actually listened to them. But I remember reading the review and just being intrigued by it. So later down the road, I was able to pick this up from my library. I listened to it. I liked it well enough, but it's I didn't have a true appreciation for it without the unknowing all of Jason's work up to this point. Um, it's it, I think, though, this is probably a very accessible album um, from a point of view. This is a pretty accessible album for someone just coming in, having no idea what's up with Starflyer. So that's kind of my history with it. No comments on the cover? Or artwork. Oh, uh, so artwork, bowl of fruit. I'm, I have no idea what's up with the bowl of fruit. It's just kind of sitting there. Um, and I, I do like the album title, Talking Voice versus Singing Voice, because um, Jason has exactly one voice, and it's a mumbling voice. Um, so I just find it kind of hilarious. I, I would love for him to do a Screamo album. Just give me a metal <laughs> album with Jason Martin screaming. It'd be amazing. No. no. If that didn't have Popeye, I don't want to hear from Jason. Everything else I'm open to. 
All right. Um, you're done, Sam? I don't want to cut you off. I'm good. Okay. All right. First off, I hate this album cover. It's the only Starfire album cover of anything that I just don't like. Um, yes, yeah, a bowl of fruit, like an empty bottle of wine. And it's like, it's like some clip art cover. It's like. <laughs> oh, wait. Wait. I just got an epiphany. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't usually do this. Okay. So the album is very heavily focused on sinful pleasures of the world, right? Um, at least from a Christian perspective. I mean, so, you can say that. I, I didn't, well, I didn't a, get that, but go ahead. Mm-hmm. I mean, to a degree. Anyhow. Okay. So oftentimes when you see, like, especially old, old-timey paintings and stuff, mm-hmm. usually uh, stuff that shows, like, luxury or decadence is a bowl of fruit and some wine. I don't know if yeah. that's what they or but it just popped in my head. Maybe. I don't see it as, like, a... Well, we'll get into the themes of. I mean, I guess when we're talking about over oh, the top of the theme, to me, the themes is more like just living, like a blue collar, like we talk about. It's a blue collar album. It's about living life, um, finding joy in what you have, not seeking. I mean, you, you, like you said, to a point, seeking worldly pleasures, being happy, what you have, the the, the drudgery of everyday life, the, the joys and the, the downside of family life. And so to me, the talking voice of his singing voices, talking voice being your everyday actual life and the singing voice about your hopes and dreams and how they compete with each other. And I remember reading the message boards, probably the Velvet Blue message board, and maybe the Starfire one back in the day when the when this album was being recorded and Jason was talking about for years he had been trying to thinking about making a non-guitar based album and making a more electronic album. And this was going to be the one. And I remember reading that I was like, oh, we're going to get a Joy Electric-like based album. And we kind of did, not quite that, but I remember reading that was being really excited when this came out. And aside from the cover, love everything that's about this album. So, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, like, at this point, I was, again, still a huge Starfire album. So whatever date came out, April 12th, I believe, 20, 2005, I got it, that album. I don't remember where, whether it was mail order in the store or whatever, but I know I got it the day that it came out because at this point, till probably the day I died, <laughs> I was going to get Starfire albums. And so I've always liked it. Like you said, it's very accessible. Um, yeah, I agree. Like a Starfire album, uh, a new Starfire fan. I generally would point them to this, and there's a specific song up here that um, I usually try to start them off with. Um, if somebody's like really interested in Starfire first, because it's very accessible and it's not like the indulgence of gold, although that's an amazing album, probably not the best starting point from a casual fan. So, yeah, that's my history with this album. Just an overview. You know, it's funny that you said he initially wanted to do a not guitar based album. I would still love to see that from him someday. But yeah. I was listening Maybe to this we'll thinking I was listening to this album thinking, you know, this would be kind of interesting if he wouldn't have done guitar and just let the strings do all the talking, the strings and the bass. In the sense. In the sense. Yeah, it would have been an interesting album. Uh, I mean it still is interesting, but yeah. yeah no, Maybe you know, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's demos out there. Jason, whoever has those demos, Fred or Frank, whoever, Jeff, let's let's get a not let's get a mix without the guitar and hear what it sounds like. <laughs> that would be interesting. I would be intrigued. What? Yeah, and we all would buy, it, of course. <laughs> yeah. <no. laughs> so anyway, with that, we'll jump in with the first song, 
contest completed. Sam, I am. What do you think? All right. Um, so first things you'll notice, uh, the strings and the trippy guitars um, immediately pulled you in and gives you almost a psychedelic vibe, which we talked to forever ago. Dig into our interviews from two years ago almost. I don't know. We talked to Franklin's, and he mentioned on this album he actually only got three string players. He's supposed to have a quartet. So he had to record the fourth string separate from the from the three and if you know anything about string quartets they don't work that way so it kind of gave it a trippy psychedelic vibe just by attribute of one of the strings recording separate from all the others um and i love it it kind of gives it an almost like 60 psychedelic thing uh, the piano and bass are subtle and lovely touches um, i love lynn's drumming in this even though he doesn't drum a whole lot throughout this album, on this track you do hear it. It's very nice. I think Dirk Lemons does a admirable job of bass playing. And like you mentioned earlier, Aaron, the lyrical themes hit us right off. This is blue collar life, man. Um, this is blue collar love. The lyrical themes touch on working in music since '92 and bandmates keep leaving. And he's not getting any further ahead. He's beating no one. And you could look at this, you know, bandmates keep leaving the band. Um, maybe friends and producers keep leaving. Or maybe, you know, he's been doing this for over 10 years at this point. And he still has not probably made any money whatsoever. And this is 2005. This is the one of the last years records actually made money. <laughs> and he's yeah. beating no one. He's still not getting ahead. And I relate cold hard. Man, just sometimes that's how it feels. Sometimes that's how it feels. So great opener, great reflection. Like this, you could point to this song. Be like, this is Starfire 59. Weird, trippy sometimes, but always interesting music paired with lyrical Blue collar, everyday man, working man lyrics. There yeah. you have it. All right. And before I start, just one last thing, too. So this album came out on Burnt Toes Vinyl, which is owned by Scott Hatch. And so um, great. Thanks for putting this out on vinyl because Tooth and Nail just put out the CD. And there's two versions of this. There's a black vinyl and a red, truescent true, um, red copy of this vinyl. All right. I agree with you. Um, the lyric, um, it's bigger dreams that make them leave. That's what I thought of, too. Oh, my, look what it's done to me. It feels like a knife. So, and I mean, we know there's other bands of um, Starfire who've left to do bigger and better things. Richard Swift, obviously, with the Shins and, you know, you know, different members throughout. You know, they left for different things. And, and you know, he's admitting it hurts, you know, West Coast friendship. I mean, all my friends play good. I mean, there's just, I mean, there's like a litany of Starfire songs that talk about you know, man members leaving and how it hurts. And yeah, and so I think this song, The Contest Completed, like you mentioned, not to go through what you said, but just to add to, yeah, The Contest is Completed. He tried music, it didn't work. He did, so, you know, and I think that he started off doing art for music for himself and continued to do that. Although, of course, you want to make it big and, you know, make as much as you can, but I think he's realized that he's in a niche, niche market and he's fine with that. The Contest is Completed. He's, 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 consigned to to being where he is in the music world um the whimsical opening 
Um, you said it was psychedelic. I felt warm, whimsy. That synth, I it's just, um, it's just, you know, draws me like, what's this? Especially after um, old, yeah, old was before this. It's like, what, what is this? Um, another change up from Jason, you know, which I appreciate. Um, Jason's vocals feel like leaves turning from green to brown, which is a bittersweet feeling always, but welcomed at the same time, you know, because you don't want to see things die, but it means fall's coming. It's like the best time of the year. That's a scientific fact. You can't argue with that. Um, the, the feel of the song makes me think of like Aphex Twin because I feel like a lot of those artists try to make chilled out melancholy songs. Like it's kind of like dark, but melancholy kind of chill. And Jason kind of nails it here. Um, and I love the piano or keyboard, whatever it is in the background. I think it's a keyboard. It might be a piano. Um, yeah, um, that's my fifth favorite song. Um, four stars. <laughs> fifth favorite song, four stars. So it tells you a little something when I think about this album. Um, yeah, that's all I got about contest completed. And I think we'll touch on this later, but I like that contest completed kind of cl- opens up this album because him saying I'm done with the rat race, right? Mm-hmm. And the next three albums not, would be not really, the, not really the rat race. It's more like the dream of making it big, making music big, your primary source yeah. of income, or the yeah, yeah. So that that um, go ahead. <laughs> And then after this, this this was the last time, right before this album was the last time he ever toured. Um, yep. It was also, the next three albums technically had a more stable band, but it wasn't a mm-hmm. touring band. It was yeah. a studio band where he could pull in whoever he wanted, and he just happened to find a group that would consistently come into the studio. So it was, right. it's just like... <laughs> it sound this album is getting sadder and sadder because it's almost like an album of I give up. <laughs> Resignation. Resignation, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, speaking of um, just giving up and going the easy way, tell me about Easy Street, Aaron. Um, this is the antithesis of the song Like the Lose that's been released earlier this year um, on the In Search of Vanity album because um, it sounds like in this song he's searching for a win <laughs> like it's um, there's there's a new life that leaves all our miseries far behind where they follow and I've always liked that line because you know he's trying to find an easier life where all these miseries these heartaches these friends leaving bills not being paid whatever you know being stuck in whatever resigning like the misery of that can be left behind but they still follow and so the fact that i love that image like okay they're left behind but they're still there because it's still blue collar life like you know you're still one paycheck away from disaster like yes we're on easy street now but they're still there and we can go back there at any time and so i mean that's what i get out of the song um the music music wise this continues with the vibe from contest completed there's some cool guitar flourishes in the background of course the strings are gorgeous the trumpet breakdown is the best part of the song. Um, more jazz fire, 59, please. Um, the drums on these, the two opening songs are very understated and um, what each song needs. Um, but the next one's a m- little more rocking. So I just want to mention here that although there's not a lot of drums like you mentioned by Frank, there's they're varied. So these two songs are understated. We'll get to the next one in a second. Um, the robotic voice of Easy Street, second best song, <laughs> the second best part of this song. Um, this is a fun song. Four stars for me. Fourth favorite song. What do you think, Sammy? 
right. So, like you said, that string quartet, it's a stroke of genius. Like, I want another mm-hmm. string quartet Starflyer album. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that horn solo around 217 is... Mwah, I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it reminds me... So, I know they're two vastly different songs, but um, Beatles' Penny Lane... Just that horn solo reminds me of that so much. Um, so, and it's all complimented by Martin's always stellar guitar. He knows how to play guitar. He knows how to write a lick. I mean, yeah. Um, now, with that said, the lyric theme. I can't tell if this song is a genuine hope for an easier tomorrow, right? I want to live on easy mm-hmm. street. I want an easier life. Because we've all been there, like... I imagine every other day, wouldn't it be great if I had a million dollars, right? Like, doesn't everyone? Yeah. Yeah. Not this. (laughs) Or is this song... They're looking for billions. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Uh, Money doesn't... Happy is just lies. They tell us to keep us content. Um, Neither here nor there. Um, No, I think it's both. I think it's a little bit of that. Yeah, you're right there, I think. So I I wonder, though, also if it's kind of mocking that lifestyle, that kind of almost hedonistic lifestyle, um, similar to how Daniel Amos has done through so much of their career. Of, yeah. um, just kind of mocking that I want my life to be easy without without hurt, without pain. Um, and, you know, some people even you could argue try to do that through things like drugs, toxic relationships things that tear mm-hmm. them up for the moment make life feel easier um and you know at the end of the day easy street isn't so easy you know the classic pleasure island from um pinocchio there is no such thing as pleasure island at the end you just make a donkey of yourself so i could i could totally i could totally see that but i don't know if jason like as far as like sophisticated lyrics i don't know if jason's ever taken on the whole um you know satirical aspect in lyrics before this would be the if i'm thinking about the if he if in which i can see that what you're saying this would be the only satirical starfire in lyric if i could think of if i'm thinking correctly if he if that's what it is which would be amazing i think he's probably had some other satirical lyrics here and there um but neither here nor there yeah so I, I like this song. It it like I think there's some other better songs throughout the album, but it's a great second track. Like it is. I'll give this album this at a lean nine minute nine songs. It does not stop. Like it is one of the few albums that I'm like, you know what? Every song on this kind of bops a little bit. It does. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a tight thirty minutes. <laughs> it is. It is. I think a better thirty minutes than Portuguese blues. Okay, a lot of people disagree with you, but not this guy. <laughs> All right, what we got up next? Good songs. I'm gonna take this one because this is the best song on this album. Number one, um, four and a half stars. This song you mentioned, Bob. This song is the ultimate Bob. Um, this is Jason's closest song that I think to this point, and probably in his, yeah, at this point, that could be considered an electronic dance song. I mean, it's got a groove. Lynn's drums drives this song to musical perfection. Those synth lines and the fuzzy guitars doing the bridge stitch are phenomenal. Um, there's a sustained synth line in the back that holds throughout the song. And it's so darn catchy. 
Um, and this is a song like whenever I try to introduce somebody to Starfire, this is definitely, if not the first one, the first two or three songs that I send them to, oh yeah, check this out. Because it's just so, I mean, it's just a great pop song. It's very catchy. And lyric-wise, mm, classic Krypton Justin, um, Jason, I have no idea what the song's about, some later, or it's, I don't know, whatever. It's a great song. What do you think, <laughs> Sam? All right. So I literally, the first words I wrote was this song bops. <laughs> um this is possibly starfire's poppiest course ever maybe yeah i think this might be their poppiest course um that 80s new wave is lovely and we haven't seen a whole lot of new wave since everybody makes mistakes Mm -hmm. so i'm happy to see the the return of new wave 59 flyer new flyer (laughs) wave flyer (laughs) wave flyer 59 um it's it's a lot of fun um i i too have no idea what the lyrics are about but i'm gonna give you my best interpretation okay do it because i'm not gonna try <laughs> so i imagine this being a spin on the prodigal son story from the perspective of the prodigal's brother so for those unfamiliar okay. with the prodigal son um the prodigal son demands his inheritance leaves home wastes it on riotous living comes back his dad completely forgives him takes him back yada 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 throws a big party for him now there is a brother who didn't leave and waste all his inheritance and what a lot of people don't consider from this story is he gets to keep all the money that didn't get spent that's beyond the point and he's super ticked off that his brother's getting thrown a party when he was kind of a butthole and I imagine this song is being from that guy's perspective of I was the good son, but you know what? We'll celebrate this guy anyways, because why not in total kind of upsetness? <laughs> I don't know if that's what it's about, but that's kind of how I interpreted it. Um, I remember even when I heard the CD way back when, when I was like 20, I remember thinking that. So um, if once again, that would be more lyrical sophistication than Jason ever puts into his stuff. But maybe he was just feeling super introspective during this time, um, you know, with like the end of touring. He felt like he actually had some free space to think a little bit. So I want to I want to talk to Jason. I want to ask him one question. Is Sam's interpretation of Good Sons right? <laughs> I would be shocked. That's great, though. I've never thought of that. That's amazing. And that's great introspection, Sam. But I would be shocked if that's what Jason was going for. <laughs> I just imagine him going. I love it though. I imagine him going. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, it is a great song though. I don't care about the lyrics. No, he could just be mar- he could just be mumbling. Kurt Cobain. I don't care. This is a great song. <laughs> so a list, a list, a list. Go on, which is an awkwardly titled song. A list go on. What do you think, Sam? Actually, I'll go. I'll take it. Um, this um, is go for it. Um, this is I've always struggled with that title and, and like this week when we've been listening to it, I think it finally clicked. And I think a list goes on as in Hollywood, the A list, they go on. You know, maybe that's what that means because the opening line is a list go on. We know you've tried, but you're getting on your knees for the same old wrongs. God knows I've tried. Can you help me see? And I think that, again, with the themes, one of the themes that we talk about is you're seeking after 
fame, fortune, heatness, life, pleasures, like you mentioned, but it ultimately ends up on your knees. And so maybe this is like a, um, uh, uh, um, what's the word? a critique on Hollywood's celebrity life. Um, I don't know. That's, that's, that's just what I um, get from it. Um, but, um, you know, to make it big, you have to compromise, you know, that type of thing. Um, which, you know, there's plenty of stories of that. Um, that's why we have a term called selling out. You have to compromise what you believe in, your principles to get huge like you two did, but whatever. Um, um, very moody music, Depeche Mode vibes going on in this song. The strings complement this song so much. Um, they're perfect. I wonder, and, and listen to this album, I wonder if the people um, wrote strings part and then they sent them to Starfire or whoever and they put them in, or if the people heard the music and then like play music based off what they hear, heard, what they heard from Jason and the boys, they create these strings. I just wonder because it just works so well together. According um, to the, the credits, of the, it was yeah. Frank Lenz who arranged it. So hypothetically, he went and wrote the parts and just handed them to the string players and the string players played whatever Lenz wrote. Yeah, but I wonder if, yeah, but based off of that, is it like, did him and Jason already have the demos to this, or did they, you know what I mean? Did they have like ideas, mm -hmm. demo, you know what I mean? I or, got you. Or did, or did, did Lynn's like have an idea, okay, you know, this would sound cool, and then he was like, oh, this would go in this song or this part, you know what I mean? Anyway, it would have been nice to talk to Frank about this. Anyway, the darkness of this music always pulls me in. I could see this played um, like in a horror movie without the lyrics. It's very spooky, kind of. Um, yeah, and so. That's how I feel about this song. It's my seventh favorite song, three and a half stars. What do you think, Sam? Um, this song is giving me like DA vibes, um, mm -hmm. especially the Who's Afraid bridge. Like that reminds yeah. me so much of like Fearful Symmetri Symmetry and stuff. Um, and Doppelganger. Yeah. Once again, mm -hmm. I'm really enjoying that string quartet. Um, I, I love mm -hmm. them. I want to like give them compliments. I hope we get to talk to one of them someday. That'd be so much fun. They find yeah, out how that went for them. Um, the lyrics seem to be, like you said, kind of continually trying to chase that that uh, worldly success, if you will, um, or a despair at continuing to fall into the same sin again and again, if you mm -hmm. possibly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, something I've many times in my life I've related to, you know, Everyone has their own struggles where you're just like, why do I keep doing this stupid thing? I know it's stupid, but I keep doing it. Um, and I've never I, done I, that. Really, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I know, Aaron. You are perfect. <laughs> We're just a being of perfection who has never failed or made any kind of mistakes. On a it's, hard living on e it's hard living on Easy Street. I know. I know. <laughs> one day I'll get a Liz. Maybe one day I'll like the Liz. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I'm so stupid. <laughs> that's that's pretty much my thoughts on that song. Um, so once again, good, but not my favorite. I'll give you my favorite in a bit when we get there. Oh, I oh I know when we're getting there. Um, all right. Next up is um the fifth song on this album, Nightlife. Um, it's my sixth favorite song on this album. Um, also three and a half stars. Our first. Hand claps on this album. Everybody knows there's not, nothing I love more than Starfire hand claps. Um, I love the swing and bass line. Good job, Dirk. Um, man, I wish Jason would use strings more. Um, this song is so dope because of the 
um, the guitar and bass, the guitar and bass interplay that happens all after the course. Each course is heavy. It's very hard. It's so great. Um, Jason's vocals are amazing here and throughout the album. I mean, these are really very fall. They give me fall vibes, like very, you know, just cont- um, completive lyrics. I mean, vocal performance. Um, the outro has some stellar guitar work by Jason and the drums with the synths and the strings just send us into a musical nirvana. Um, and of course, the course, um, you know, when I call you enemies just for things that couldn't buy never had a working life. Um, you know, I, I don't know how if this is autobiographical for Jason or not. Um, but, you know, if you're a family man or family woman, you know, sometimes family, you feel like you have a sense sometimes that your family's holding you back from personal goals or wants. Because you can't always just do things you want. You can't make decisions that you want. You can't always buy what you want. And so, you know, I kind of feel a little bit of that in the song. And again, that's a blue collar thing, you know. You don't you don't have a million dollars. You just can't get whatever you want. So, you know, money's limited. And so even though you're happy to sacrifice for your loved ones, there's still, I mean, there's there's still some humanity and selfishness in you where you're like, oh, it would have been nice to get that test pre- so that's Starfire album, but I can't because my kids got to eat. So <laughs> that's how I, um, what I feel about this song. What do you think, Sam? So I think we're really vibing on the same line here. This song is very dark and brooding. Um, I think, you know, this would make a great horror movie theme. Um, man, this mm-hmm. album really is October album, isn't yeah. it? It's like a perfect yeah, October it album. Is. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And I, was I don't know. All weekend, I was just like, man, <laughs> right? Like, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know if um, the the bass just is going through a really trippy uh, pedal, or if it's just synths they're playing. But there's like some really dark yeah. sound synths playing throughout the bass mm-hmm. line. Yeah, and I mm-hmm. love it. Um, some nice organ around one minute and forty, which we haven't gotten a whole lot of organ since Gene Eugene's departure. So good point. That's what I meant to mention that too. I meant to mention that too. Yeah, you're right. I loved hearing that organ in there. That mm, just sounds so nice. Um, I didn't think about the. So I didn't think of all the lyrical themes you said. All I wrote for the lyrical theme seems to be jobs suck, don't they? <laughs> and I relate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, man, just sometimes you just, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. This, this whole entire album, you could, you could almost make it as a, a, almost, uh, the flip side of the, one of the most famous David Psalms of, um, my, my foot and I slipped when I saw the prosperity of the wicked, doesn't it suck yeah. how everyone else around me is so rich and I'm not? <laughs> and then, and like I said, I know Julie ha- has a job now, but I don't know when this what was going on when this was written. But, you know, sometimes, you know, having that pressure, I never had a working wife for it. It's all on you and you got to make a living. I mean, that's, I mean, I, I know that pressure, you know, and it's, you know, it's, it's heavy. Really appreciate the song for this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. We're going to go and. It's probably very obvious. This is my favorite track on here. Yeah, I I yeah, yeah, I do it. I do it. 
Go ahead, Sam. Go ahead. Opening lyrics didn't give it away. Yeah. Uh, Well, before even that, I knew it. (laughs) Okay, so sincerely, I listened to this album, I don't know, man, nine, ten years ago. Mm -hmm. And this this course has been in my head ever since. Um, This song hits me way too close to home. Um, you just want to abandon everything because you feel like no matter what you do, you'll never make enough. The paychecks are never enough. You'll never get ahead. It's never going to happen. Um, now, I oh, will say, man. the way these lyrics are written out, this song sounds like it's borderlining on suicide. Thankfully, I have never been that far, right? And if anyone's ever there, please go talk to someone, get help. Um, thankfully I've never been that far, but I have felt that just despair of there's this great scene in Malcolm in the Middle where Hal, um, played by oh, what's his name? Walter White. Why can I not think of his yeah. name? He, he, <laughs> he, uh, I, I can't think oh, of this actual his actor's name. Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston gets into he like he just had like he thinks he's losing his job he's getting sued he just found out his wife's pregnant everything's falling down around him he gets in the car and just starts yelling into the void and it is one of the it's hilarious but it's also one of the most relatable scenes in all of sitcom history yeah mm-hmm. and that's this song right here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, preach so. Um, also, this is one of the most straightforward and singable courses. Like I said, it's been stuck in my head for almost 10 years. <laughs> I love this song. It is near perfect. So, yeah. uh, all right. Well, oh gosh. Well, I've been listening to this song since 2005, so that's 16 years for me. And instantly, when I this was originally my first heard song on this, and this one stuck out to me, obviously, for the course. And I'm like you, Sam. I'm, I think I'm like at least like 10, 15 years older than you. So I'm probably where you were when I listened to this song. <laughs> um, and yeah, that, that, that scene you mentioned from Malcolm in the Middle. Um, also, for me, there's a Bob's Burgers episode where um, Bob um, and his family, like Teddy's like a handyman at some rich person's house and they go like to their mansion of a house and Bob walks in there and he says, I've never felt more poor in my life, <laughs> you know, because he's looking at like what the wealthy look like. And you're just like, I'm struggling for all this and like I'm, not, I'm never going to have this. And that's this song. <laughs> And yeah, you said for 10 years, for 16 years, this course has been in my head. Whenever that month where I didn't, like it was Wednesday and I wasn't going to pay Friday and I wasn't sure if I had enough money to get to work to and fro from from Thursday, Friday. And this song was just on cue, just playing in my head. The time where, you know, I got laid off or fired and this song would come in my head when my kid or wife wanted something I couldn't afford it. This song would come in my head. <laughs> this, this song made me cry the first time I heard it. I mean, that that verse. And it's kind of similar to like this recliner. Like when sometimes songs hit you at the right place. I remember the first time I heard this song, it just hit me and I just feel that. It's like the blue collar song. And if it wasn't for the catchy music of good songs, this would be my favorite song. So lyrically, this is my favorite song and it's very close. It's my second favorite song in this album. But yeah, I mean, I'm never going to not feel this song. And 
Yeah, it's probably my top 10 Starfire songs for that reason. Um, this feel, musically though, this feels like an electronic Western song because the strings and guitar combine and it kind of sounds like a slide guitar to me. So it's like very, I don't know, it like transports you otherworldly because it doesn't really sound like a, what genre of music is this song? I don't know, but it kind of like takes you out of what, because it's like a rock song. And then so that you're taken out of that space, you're able to hear the lyrics more. Um, and like you said, like, yes, um, it's, I mean, what's the use of living if you can't make a good living, which is true about a lot of people in this world, um, not just Americans, but across the world. But I never took it as being suicidal either. It's just, it's like a psalm. It's just a, it's just this supplication to God. Like, what's the, what, what's the use of living? I can't, if I can't make it live, like I'm doing all this, I'm working this hard and we're still struggling. Like, what's the point? Like, why am I serving you? Like, yeah. Heavy stuff, man. Dude, Love this it. album is just, yes. Like that. <laughs> and, and, and like, um, uh, I understand why this song, why this album is like very like near and dear to a lot of people's hearts. It's the, outside of the music, but the lyrical content. Like if you've lived the poor middle class, lower middle class life, you can relate to all these lyrics, and it's hard sometimes. And like what Christian, and like even today, what Christian artists are singing about that? Like what praise song even like explicitly talks about stuff like this? What's the use in living? You can't make it like as a, and then like as a man, Jason is right writing, you know all this pressure's on me to provide like you know like where like there's like there's not a lot of christian artists that relate or sing about stuff like this so i understand why people just outside the christian market i mean i might could appreciate these lyrics so i get why this is a fan favorite yeah no like um i so many lyrics especially in ccm like ccm is near and dear to my heart i grew up with it i still follow a lot of artists um I pray for you every day for that scene. <laughs> um, now, granted, I will say most of the artists I like have retired by this point, but neither mm -hmm. here nor there. But yeah. so many of their songs are vague struggles. Um, hence, they usually just use storm metaphors to talk about it yeah. rather than getting up front yeah. and saying, here's my actual issue, because they want to appeal yeah, to the exactly. hardest demographic possible. Exactly, exactly. Not being real, not keeping it real. Not Can't connect to it. Um, it's a lot easier just to say I'm in a storm, right? <laughs> exactly. Then, then um, I'm, I have all these things I want, but I can't because I'm, I'm the only one working. My wife doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's brave right there. <laughs> so anyway, all right. I think we beat the song to death. Something's <laughs> goodness is next. We covered that in the last the last um, episode in the last Laurel. Did you want to re repeat your review or do you want to do Sam? Um, so this is actually very short because in the context okay. of the rest of this album, it doesn't stand out hardly at all. Um, I yeah. will say that acoustic, mm, I like me some acoustic. Um, mm. In that psychic, once again, we kind of get into that psychedelic feeling course again. Um, I kind of like mm. that. Um, this this is the closest I think Jason has probably ever gotten to a psychedelic album, and mm -hmm. I appreciate that. The lyrics seem to be about death coming for us all, or or it's either death is coming for us all, or I'm taking revenge on someone for seven years of whatever they did to me. Who knows? Mm -hmm. um, or it's about Jacob and his 
working seven years for his wives. I don't know. Um, You're going but... to. You're going to. I'm going to. And I love it. I love it. That's what she says. But yeah. So that's that's really all I got. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to repeat mine. Um, I'm just going to say that this is four stars. I love this song, and it's my third favorite song in this album. Um, That's it. Moving on to something evil. What you got, Sam? All right. Um. I feel like this, even though I've heard bass throughout the whole entire album, this is the first song I finally heard some prominent bass, mm-hmm. which is saying something because, you know, um, Dirk, he played for Project 86, like a prominent hard, like they weren't quite hardcore, but they borderline on that alternative metal sound. <laughs> um, yeah. And this is the first time we're really, really hearing the bass. I'm liking it. Um and I kind of like the direction this this song is going because this whole entire song has been talking about chasing um, chasing things of the world and never finding happiness, right? It's kind of that yeah. ecclesiastical theme that Jason has done all throughout his whole entire career, really. Um, mm. But this album, the mm. lyrics, this song, the lyrics seem to be when we leave out the needy, because it talks about leaving out the needy people, when we mm-hmm. don't take care of each other. So when we're so caught up in all our troubles and we're so caught up in our first world problems that we don't help other people, we're letting something truly evil happen. And that is something I can get behind, right? We we get so caught up in our own selfish issues and don't get me wrong. Issue is issue. Like it's, there is no such thing as a small emotion. Emotions are big to the person they're happening to. But when you get so caught up in those that you don't help those around you, you don't look at those around you and you lose all empathy. You're letting something truly evil happen in this world. And that is a message I can really get behind them. Something one of my other favorite bands, Jars of Clay talks about a lot in their music. So yeah, I like I like that lyrical message a lot. Okay. Well, I know we don't talk about politics a lot, so politics trigger here. So if you don't want to hear that, fast forward, guys. I remember on the message board, um, message boards back in two thousand five and six, and onwards, there's discuss discussion about whether this was a political song or not, because there's um online and his demissions accomplished so bring out the long list and so a lot of people thought that was a reference to the whole george bush uh, if you remember doing the war in iraq and like i think it was like 2004 or 5 where he landed on some aircraft carriage with the big banner that said mission accomplished essentially saying that the war in iraq was over which obviously wasn't over until like last year or this year i think yeah and so um yeah and then like you mentioned that that line about um um there's something evil um you leave the lady while others wait um as a veteran myself i um i'm again we're probably reading into these lyrics more way more than what jason's thinking um but when i when i've read that when i've heard this the first time and subsequently every time i've heard it i've thought of that because since then you know we fight these wars and veterans you hear about a homeless veterans veterans not getting the mental health they need veterans just being forgotten discarded um after they've been used so you know they've forgotten the um they're the, the the needy while others wait and now after september 11th 
um, that happened that started that whole war in Iraq, some type of crazy way, not getting into that. But um, then we see the first responders and the survivors of that, how the government also didn't take care of those people. And like a lot of those people didn't get a lot of medical help and, and died. And then even till this year and last year, COVID, a lot of those people didn't get the treatment they needed. And because, you know, COVID attacks the lungs, those people had lung issues and the government knew and didn't care those people died. So the needy were the veterans, they didn't get help and the others wait. You know, obviously Jason couldn't foresaw that, but it's just um, just American capitalism as in general. The veterans get forgotten, and so are the, the other needies. You know, and that's how all other needy people. And that's how I, I took this song. Enough yeah, of the no, politics. I, we'll get into the music now. <laughs> well, I think it's worth noting. So um, I've seen a lot of like rock kind of critics talk about when the Vietnam War happened in the '60s. Another unpopular mm-hmm. war. Um, a lot yeah. of people said, well, at least we got some good music out of it, right? A lot of people love the 60s yeah. kind of anti-war music. And so when we went into a war in the 2000s, a lot of people was like, where's all our anti-war songs that was supposed to happen? Because we got all that during Vietnam. Why didn't it happen during this war? Um, oh, it happened. Dixie Chicks, Anti-Flag, all the punk groups. Oh, it happened. We got tons of it. But it just wasn't <laughs> Trust me. right? <laughs> Um, of course, so, because Clear Channel happened, and we're not going to get into that. <laughs> uh, so all that but to yeah. say, I, I do like the idea of Jason commenting on this. Um, even Rather he meant it or not, I like the idea of someone commenting on the current events, um, even though he wasn't yeah. mainstream at all. So. Yeah, but I mean, even the course, even the course now it's done, I won't lie, the dumb have one. If you're a Christian... And violence and destruction that's that's not good that's sinful that's not wisdom that's dumb and the dumb one we're fighting these wars so how it's done i won't not the mission is accomplished to so leave out the long list and then again another thing that happened during that time was the bush administration they would not have videos of dead soldier the the caskets they wouldn't mention the soldiers coming home like it was like the names on that was very secretive you know we had the victims names of 9 11 but we like the soldiers dying like all that was like hush hush so I'm sorry I said that, but okay, enough of politics, music. All right, I love the high pitched guitar doing the verses, and then that um sound. I don't know what that is, some bass or guitar effect. Um, and the guitar solos are, um, throughout are good too. We get some more mother effing Starfire hand claps, which I love. Um, I think, I mean, there's like a lot of guitar work. There's like lots of flourishes. And like I mentioned, the um, the solos and the outro. Um, the music is a tour of the force. I mean, the music is really great. Like, I mean, and there's not a skippable song on this album. Um, this song's three and a half stars for me. Um, my eighth favorite song. Still a good song. Um, yeah. That's something evil. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and talk about the closing track. Um, I guess, um, do you want to kick this off or shall I? I will. Um, this is my least favorite song, Ninth. Um, three stars. This is, this is a shorter Starfire song since Happy Days Are Here Again and For Us, <laughs> which was the last release. Um, those cheesy 80 cents at the beginning are amazing. <laughs> they shouldn't work, but I think they do. Hi-hats and percussion in this are the star throughout the song. 
And of course, the strings, they add a beat feel to the song. And I used to hate this song, like the first few times I heard it. Like sometimes I even went and listened to it. And I was like, you know what? Your company's better than the song for like a while. That only lasts for like a year or two. But then I realized that with this album, there's so many minor chords, so much sadness, just so much like resignation and defeatism. It needed to have an uplifting ending. And I know, don't kill me, guys. I know I said on Leave Here a Stranger, the same thing, that it was such a depressing album about lost friends and everything, to go out on it um, uh, empty, you know, going out on a high note was kind of like a sour note there. For that album, yes, because that should have just been dark. This song is too much. We're talking about people maybe contemplating suicide. What's the use of living? So we needed some up. We need some upbeatness here. So um, this is very needed. Um, so this is a different situation than we fear a stranger. Um, the bubbling synth line during the outro that um, during the outro very reminiscent of Swift. Um, but I guess you know since Lens and Swift work closely together, I mean, just some. I'm not saying you ripped them off. I'm just saying you know you kind of you know learn from each other um of course it's a jesus song i mean it's about going to heaven clearly i mean the line i think that really resonates with me for the hearts just live alone you know there's so many of us especially quarantine i mean i mean some of us like myself we're lucky to not live alone and have other people that we can interact with on a daily basis but just not even quarantine just in general not a lot of people have that and so when i every time i listen to this song and i think about that it's just like how how wonderful that's going to be for lonely people to get in that longest line one day and be free from that that aloneness and isolation so yeah that really stands out to me it really gets you know pulls my heart although it's it's basically a cheesy jesus song but it works <laughs> what do you think sam so you know i gotta oppose you um this is my second favorite song on this album what? <laughs> saying um so first off those electronic drums are so new way that borders on joy electric territory i love it um this upbeat song was so needed in this it it needed to be the light at the I end agree. of the tunnel it did it definitely did. If we needed some light at the end of the tunnel um yes <laughs> and i'm a I'm a fundamentally optimistic person. That's probably why I think your company is a great closer, right? Um, I'm a fundamentally optimistic person. And I I think, I do believe personally that in the end, for those that, you know, follow Jesus, things will ultimately be okay. It will be all right in the end. Maybe not in the middle. The middle sucks. But in the end, everything will be okay. And this upbeat song the most spiritual song we've maybe ever gotten from Martin um, is just longing for heaven in a fallen world. Rather you look at that as I want heaven here on earth. Like I want a little peace where I'm at or when I die, I'm finally going to get that peace I'm looking for. Either way, it's the light at the end of the tunnel and it resonates hard with me. Um, and I think that that optimism and that joy is needed um, because if, you know, if I had, if the only hope I had was on this earth, I'd be of all men most miserable, right? So I love this song. I think it's a perfect album closer. Maybe one of my favorite album closers of most of Starflyer's discography. Wow. 
And I will say one last thing too. Although it's a Jesus song, like the last line, the bright star is coming to meet the need. Full so again, the long line. Obviously, bright star, morning star. I get it. I get it. But um, I think also too, in a, a secular view of that, is yes. I mean, you can find hope on earth, and I think that's a problem with a lot of people who suffer from depression or unrealized expectations and the themes of this album. You can look at not being able to pay for the lifestyle you want or not being able to have a good living, quote unquote, and be miserable, or you can get in the longest line of people who choose to find joy in that. Like, at least I have a family that I can take care of. At least I'm not alone. I have these wonderful things, these memories that we have. Yeah, we can't have amazing trips to Hawaii, but we had that picnic last Sunday. You remember how Johnny smiled and the sun hit him? Like, it's what you make it. And so you can get in because most people obviously don't commit suicide. So the longest line is mostly the people who choose hope. And the bright star is like, you know, looking, you know, looking for the you're looking for that bright star in life because you can resign yourself um, to just being miserable and looking for what you don't have in life. Or you can be grateful for what you do have, um, because no matter how miserable you are, even if you are alone, you have something going for you have health. You have it. You know, you have something going on, you know. And so to me, yeah, you can. You can find happiness here on Earth. Get in that longest line. Choose to be happy because happiness um, is a choice, you know, and granted, yes, people have awful trauma and everything. And but you don't have to resign to that, you know, and, you know, so and that's how I take that last line. The bright stars coming. Yeah. Because we're all needed because we're all needy. No one's devoid. I mean, we all need hope. We all no one's like, oh, I got life. Life's perfect. No. The, you have to pursue happiness. It's not something that just knocks on your door and jumps in your lap and say, here I am. It doesn't happen like that. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so, so I love ending yeah, this album on a helpful note. I love it. Um, it had just, to, man. It had to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad he did. <laughs> and I think as an album, as an album, this stands up so well. Like, yeah. It's timeless. Like, this is just a a piece of art from front to back. It's 33 minutes. Listen to it from front to back. Like you have no excuse. And I uh, think minus been... um the, the longest line, even though we like it, I think maybe in 50 years, 60 years, like pet sounds and stuff, it'll be timeless. I'm not sure if the longest line will stand the test of time, but the other eight ones for sure, because it's I mean, what genre is this? It's like it's something different. Well, I know we say that about a lot of Star Fire albums, but obviously that's why we're here because they once again always reinvent some new genre of music that we're just like, what's that? And it's interesting. But I think, yeah, this will hold up over time. Yeah. So music, I give this a two and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is just some beautiful music. It's the strings are brilliant. Um, it just, like you said, it's just, it's own genre. It's great. Lyrics. Three. You give it a three, don't you? This is the first Starfire album I've ever given a three on lyrics. Yeah, I do it. I do it. I do it. <laughs> and you know what? I was going to give a two and a half. I was going to give a two and a half. And I'm sitting here staring at it going, I gotta give it a three. While we're sitting here talking about it. Because yeah. I'm just like, yeah. I, just, I, I feel like I have to. Like... <laughs> Like, I am rating this higher lyrically than I did Leave Here a Stranger. That's crazy to me, but that's kind of what happened. Like, it just, I don't know. Um, and then overall, I give so it a two. So what's that overall? Um, like, as it holds up, I give it a two. While I think the album holds up very well, 
very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, it's um, it's not, you know, someone's not going to hear it on the radio and go, oh, that's my favorite album ever. Um, but yeah. so I give it a seven and a half, seven and a half out of nine. I was tempted to give it an eight. But then it would tie mm-hmm. with um, "Leave Here a Stranger," which I think is a far superior yeah. album. So it's still a good. You should have ranked it higher. You should have ranked it higher, dude. If I went back and did "Leave Here a Stranger" again, I bet you I would give it a, a perfect score, or at least close. I don't know. No, you're right. Your company is up there, so you probably ranked it right. But um, um, for look- me, uh, your company is a perfect closer. Great closer. Okay, so for me, music-wise, like I said, like, and it's so weird because I, the longest line I like, but I know it's cheap. It shouldn't work, but it does for some reason. So um, I'm gonna go music three. <sighs> no, that's too high. <laughs> See, th- this was hard about this album because okay, I'm just gonna run through this. So music, I can't find any flaws in the music. Lyrically, like you said, I probably do it in two and a half, three. And then how's it hold up over time? Again, longest line, so maybe two and a half. I mean, this could be a nine, but like you said, I'm not going to put that on this. This is not the same as Fashion Focus, Everybody Makes Mistakes, you know, Leave Her Stranger, although it's really good. So I think I'm going to go with like a seven overall. Yeah, seven and a half, almost eight. Wow, and a half. We, had a, we have an agreement of seven and a half. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, and, and even is... though the album, I don't like the album cover, but <laughs> the music surpasses it. <laughs> you know what I would like to see? So I don't know if you've ever seen it. Um, people have went and taken like Radiohead covers and said, what if all the album covers were in the style of OK Computer or were in the style of King of Limbs, etc. And they kind of remix the album covers yeah. to look more in the style. I would kind of like to see that. Um, what if the album covers were in the style of, you know, obviously like gold, silver, and Americana, you just take a flat collar, but what if they were all in the style That'd be amazing. of, or what if they were all in the style of leave here a stranger or, you know, that could be interesting. We would not do talking voice versus, although probably my favorite Starfire title album is talking voice versus singing voice, favorite album title, least favorite album cover though. <laughs> All right, guys, that's our thoughts on the sound. Thank you so much for listening to us. We love you guys. We appreciate you. I've been actually looking, and you guys have left a lot of reviews for us on on Apple Podcasts. So thank you. We have, like, a a four-and-a-half rating. Um, Oh, nice. Yeah, so, like, you know, um, some of the – I'll just give you guys some of the titles. We have, like, amazing pods like this help. (laughs) <laughs> Starfire 59 so thank you guys we appreciate it like, yeah. it's, it's we really do <laughs> thank you so much We're, you, we will never call you enemies that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> All so right. anyway as always my name is Samuel and I'm Aaron and this has been a King Media production thanks guys